Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bain, and man, I, Chris, I was kind of hoping you could help me out for a second. Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, I'm a little, a little lost. I can't find my way home. I'm, I'm just, wait, do you know where I am? <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to say this, Travis. I don't know where you are, but does it matter because do you really want to go home again? Not really. There's a bunch of haters there, so I've been trying to stay away from them. <laughs> I'm imagining, like, the haters that you have in your house where it's just, like, you walk in the door and there's just, like, a piece of paper sitting there being like, Travis, we hate you. <laughs> You're like, who wrote this? That's what it feels like some days. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, what the digital social media world is I was gonna days. say it's just because of twitter yeah <laughs> um well so does that have anything to do with what song we're talking about uh no what are what are we talking about today oh man you're never gonna believe this it's my way home uh wh- which way is your way home <laughs> who's on first <laughs> oh the common song yeah yeah, yeah which, I know that one. Of course. Of course. That song, song, it was supposed to be on B, right? Was it supposed to be on B? Yeah, of course. Huh. That was, it was unbeen- um, unbeknownst to me. <laughs> Look at you go. Uh, Kanye did all the production for B, which is by many people considered his best album. And this was one of the songs cut off from that album. And instead of just throwing it on the cutting room floor, Connie's like, oh, I'll have that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was watching um, this Making the Album documentary from uh, MTV. And Connie talked about like the genesis of late registration. And he was saying that like a lot of it was just common not wanting beats from him <laughs> or not wanting like <laughs> things. And because of that, he was just like, all right, I'm going to just go ahead and have this album. I feel like the the sessions with Common and Kanye can be summed up to about that. Yeah, like, because there are three songs on B that Kanye's featured on. And it, it just feels like it reeks of like Common or Kanye just being like, ooh, Common, let me be on this track. Ooh, let me be on that track. And like Common said, like, fine to like 10 of them and then had to like let three of them be on the album. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because you hear Common talking and at the start of this, like making the album thing, and he's just like, I don't think that's a beat that's going to go on and like do anything. Like, I don't think there's more you can do to it that's going to make it a hit song. Like, you can do all these things. And Kanye's just kind of sitting there like. "Mm." (laughs) Well, Kanye was right because it was like easily Common's most successful album. And it went to like number 
two on the billboard charts i don't know but like it was just the most popular common ever got yeah and i wonder if uh whatchamacallit the song that he's kind of talking about like i don't think that's going to become a hit at all was we major (laughs) oh man it must have been crazy to be of con in the same room as connie back then though because i i just saw an article that uh showed how many beats kanye chopped up each year since the college dropout and the late registration year was like easily the most like he is just like putting beats on top of beats and he's making people on good music do it too (laughs) it's like forcing common to have like five samples on a song (laughs) that's pretty amazing um that's yeah kanye would i mean he says in the documentary that he's just like sitting there listening to samples all the time it'll be like several days of him listening to samples and people are like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, working. <laughs> he's like, shut up. I'm trying to hear something. <laughs> I'm trying to find the groove. <laughs> uh, but they uh, they did some good work on My Way Home, I got to say. Yeah, My Way Home is one of those songs. I feel like about My Way Home, the way, way people probably feel about Jesus is Lord, where... I see a lot of people be like, if only Jesus is Lord was like longer, right? Like the moment mm-hmm. it starts to like break out that you could feel the music swelling, it ends up cutting off. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, no. And My Way Home's another song <laughs> where I'm just like, if only there was another like minute to this. Like yeah. just as it's getting going, it ends. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you do kind of wonder if there could be more just like as far as making it a song song. But the fact that it, isn't that and it's only two minutes long like it really um really strikes your attention it makes you wonder like why it's there and i think we'll get into it when we get into the lyrics and everything but as we get into the sample but i I think it kind of to me it works as that shorter song because to me it's a a bit more of like an interlude and more than like the skit is which i think the skit could be a little more like goofy and jokey and like meant to like change up the mood a little bit like this is a pretty heavy song and it almost feels like two minutes of his mentor mentors speaking to him both gil scott heron and common which i think is fitting because this whole album is kind of like trying to figure out the world yeah and especially coming after something like drive slow right like we've Mm -hmm. talked about how on the album we're kind of doing a working theory at this point that from heard him say to gold digger like that's Band of songs leading up to skit one you kind of have a uh, one arc and then from drive slow to addiction you have a second arc uh before skit two kind of breaks it up and when you're starting this second arc with drive slow which really grounds you in kanye's past and essentially one of the major considerations he had while growing up watching his friend molly and really seeing like the difference in contrast between what Molly had with a little bit of money, right? And the lifestyle he was able to have and Kanye kind of getting to experience that by hanging around versus where Kanye was at, where he didn't have the money, wasn't getting the attention, wasn't like getting to flex in those same ways. And the difference between Kanye, like wanting to not drive slow, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. rushing to get grown versus Molly being like, no, you need to like drive slow. And we know that that ends up being uh metaphoric or connected to kanye's 
stepping into the music industry, into celebrity, into fame, and even getting more distant from Chicago, right? There's still right. this tension between where he's come from and where he's going. So when you have a song like Drive Slow, followed then by something like My Way Home, it feels very pointed, right? Yeah, because it immediately makes you wonder, like, I mean, especially if you know the sample, if you know the skill, Gil Scott Heron song playing here, which is called Home is Where the Hatred Is, and then we have this song called My Way Home that's after Drive Slow, like, it it kind of just, I guess to me anyway, it makes me immediately wonder, like, is he like referencing Chicago by sampling the song, like what is exactly Kanye getting at? And I think more than anything, it's just getting at, oh, I feel like a lot of what you described, you know, and all these people that are giving him advice and drive slow, what we're really seeing is like a kid trying to figure out the world, like trying to figure out how the world works and what he can do in the world, which can be difficult when you're a rising celebrity and you don't know how to handle celebrity. Like, I feel like all of this combined just, kind of cap probably captures Kanye at the time, like this person who's just confused and wondering what his next step is. Yeah, right. Like he spent most of his 20s kind of trying to find his way into this space. And he releases College Dropout when he's 27 years old, has this immediate success with it, even though like at 25, he's getting those Jay-Z placements and <laughs> getting shine from that. Like at this point, he's still trying to figure out, okay, I have this new direction, this new career. How do I use this? It's not as simple as, you know, somebody that's 19 that may not have the same life experiences that Kanye's had where you feel not to age gatekeep at all, right? <laughs> but just something with the idea that Kanye at 28 might feel a little bit more politically aware, socially right. aware, uh, due to just having more experiences in general over the, the decade more than if he had made it at 19, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. you talking about Chicago, it makes me think even if it's not assigned specifically to like home is Chicago, home is the life he had known, right? Home right. is the comfort that he had had uh everything that he had experienced prior to fame and can you really go back to that home again yeah yeah it's kind of hard to decipher i mean we'll get into the lyrics and that'll help but you do kind of wonder if like god part of me the cynical part of me wonders like is connie thinking about like home and how he now that he's a celebrity he feels outside of his home and that he doesn't really belong and that he doesn't really know where home is S saying homers or the hatred is, is kind of an extreme way to relate that. But like that, maybe that's how Kanye's feeling, especially with graduation coming up just a couple years later, like Kanye could have already been going down the path where he was feeling disconnected from Chicago. Um, but I think another way maybe to read it too, and we're going to get into the lyrics here in a second. Like when, Ka when common says the home is where fate is, my dome is where fate is like, you almost wonder if he's getting at the home now is like his life, this new life in LA or wherever Kanye is at the time. And like, you know, living his life as a celebrity, like that has become home. And like, that's where the hatred is. Like he doesn't feel connected to it in the way he does with like his real home, like Chicago. So I kind of wonder if Kanye's like 
I don't know where Kanye falls in that scale, but it, right now it's just really hard for me to imagine that, like Kanye has a contentious relationship with Chicago. Yeah, that's a great point. Like how you take this song or what you take away from the song really depends to on where you assign home being, right? Mm-hmm. And what you assume, assume home is. And that can vary. Like all of the above, the specific thing, the specific thing, you can make different arguments for different ways. And one of the things that we talk about in other respects, uh, we went over this a lot in like the first time through the discography. One of the things that makes Kanye so powerful as a lyricist is these times where he knows when to keep things a little bit more general rather Mm -hmm. than specific because it allows you to have a few different interpretations that all have some substance, all have some depth. So him not, or, or common, not necessarily specifying where home is in this context. And we know that Kanye has his previous home, his present home, even the idea of like the future home, right? Uh, adds different layers yeah and you don't even need to like i feel like i'm i might maybe we're being too declarative trying to assign it from one into the other like a lot of this album and i think specifically this song from comet's perspective is just kanye like looking around at the world and understanding the way things are and not having like strong feelings either way like he probably doesn't feel disconnected from his home he's probably just looking at his home like common is here and just i don't know that's the feeling i get from the song because like we said the song used to be on b and it was taken off the album because it didn't have the same feel because b is more of like a poppy easy breezy like soulful kind of feel but this song's pretty heavy pretty jazzy and i i think it reflects that common here is meant to serve as like a like a guide of sorts or as like a mentor or just a figure kind of like on drive slow who tells Kanye to slow the fuck down, <laughs> like who's looking around the world and seeing things the way they are. Like it has this wizened adult contemporary feel like the album B has as opposed to late frustration, which is a little more over all over the place and like reflective of somebody like figuring everything out. Yeah. I mean, you think about, We talked on the Drive Slow episode about how you have Kanye who's reflecting more of a that teenage mindset, that teenage story versus Paul Wall versus GLC and how Paul Wall comes in with a little bit more like definitely adult energy. But then Mm -hmm. GLC kind of comes in with more of that like higher I'm the man energy. But -hmm. then you follow that up with My Way Home, which is like common. Paul Wall and GLC are just talking about like girls girls like cars like tvs the in the things. cars yeah where common is just like no no like <laughs> i stroll where souls get lost like vegas like <laughs> yeah holy a, shit some heavy shit yeah which still fits the drive slow mindset right as mm-hmm. you're saying like it still fits with this kind of dichotomy that's being set up or the tension that's being set up between the superficial and the serious yeah man my way home too also really reflects just how heavy this this section of the album gets like sometimes when i think of late late registration i think i think of like gold dicker gold dicker did i say that gold digger (laughs) (laughs) touch the sky diamonds from sierra Leone. like the songs like are just 
even though the subject matter could be heavier, like the songs are a little more upbeat, this section of the album is like kind of dour and heavy. And this song really, I think, serves as an entryway into that. Like Dry Slow is contemplative and introspective and like metaphorical. It's, it's doing all that. But My Way Home specifically, like it's kind of a perfect lead into crack music where Kanye like, you know, on, on My Way Home comments looking around and seeing how dour things are and then crack music is Kanye thinking about why he makes music and all the good it can do like it, it serves as like fodder to that song and you just realize like how heavy this part of the album is when it gets back and we're going to repeat this throughout the entire season <laughs> but it gets back to that relationship between heard him say touch the sky and gold digger right where mm-hmm. you see just the ails of society or the ails within society and then the excitedness of fame and celebrity and success versus then the middle ground between the two where you know success isn't everything it's cracked up to be because you still have these tensions and traps and issues that can come up which gold digger explores Mm -hmm. and we kind of see those energies play out over and over again over the course of the album so my way home versus crack music versus roses versus bring me down versus addiction (laughs) really no different all carry that same tension and relationship yeah i think you really highlighted just to me anyway what sets apart late registration from college dropout i mean i love them both but college dropout's kind of straightforward in that way where like all the emotions you just talked about, they flow in a very story-like manner. They climax, like, in the end, it ends with Kanye, like, conquering. Uh, labor registration is a little all over the place. It's a bit of an emotional roller coaster, and you kind of weave between those emotions constantly, which I think is probably more reflective of real life. Like, some days are great. Some days you feel like everything's lost, and there's nothing you can do to help the people in your community or, or connect with your home or whatever. I mean... I don't know. I'm just starting this time through, especially I'm realizing just how, uh, how much it wavers between all those emotions. Yeah. Instead of being like linearly narrative, it's emotionally like cyclical. Yeah. It's, uh, I got to take a deep breath before each of these episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Late registration, man. You know, the album cover is haunting for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's very true it's adorable and haunting <laughs> <laughs> you think it's adorable then you listen to the album and then you notice the shadow and you're like "Ooh, cast a large shadow well shall we start talking about uh home is where the hatred is yeah we got against the sound eventually it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yep. All right, so Pieces of a Man, 1971 spoken word album by Gil Scott Heron. And the fourth track is Home is Where the Hatred Is. A junkie walking through the twilight. I'm on my way home. 
such a bad idea if I never, never went home again. And this is where the outro comes from, right? Uh, of My Way Home. And you get Gil Scott Heron saying, a junkie walking through the twilights. I'm on my way home. I left three days ago, but no one seems to know I'm gone. And this is one of the interesting things to note is just paying attention to how home changes over the course of the song as we were even talking about how mm-hmm. My Way Home and the idea of home, the assignment of it changes or isn't as clear. The same thing happens here. So at first you're just like, oh, he's going like to just wherever he lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no one seems to know where I'm gone. Home is where the hatred is. Home is filled with pain, and it might not be such a bad idea if I never went home again. Just you, know, you can imagine somebody that has a bad home life, whether that's you know somebody that's younger living with their parents and having to deal with whatever situation that is, or even somebody that's in like a, a broken relationship, broken marriage, and there's just a lot of tension and pain, mm-hmm. and you not wanting to go home, you run away, but. Verse two, stand as far away from me as you can and ask me why. Hang on to your rosary beads. Close your eyes to watch me die. You keep saying, kick it, quit it, kick it, quit it. God, but did you ever try to turn your sick soul inside out so that the world, so that the world can watch you die? Essentially just getting into like his drug addiction mm-hmm. a little bit more so and ramping that up. I mean, it comes through in verse one with a junkie walking through the twilight but verse two really gets into this idea of the tension between other people saying, just kick it. And he, him yeah. saying, did you ever try? Like, yeah. It, yeah, it also really just gets at how disconnected from home he is. Like no one even seems to know he's gone and he's been gone for three days. Like he's, he's such a vessel at this point because of his addiction that people don't even like recognize him anymore. And they just like, dude, just like kick it. Like what's wrong with you? Yeah. Close your eyes to watch me die. Yeah. And then like this guy who just seems so outside of the community, you're getting an inter- internal perspective of him. Like that's a damn, that's a heavy line. Yep. And then verse three is where the shift comes. Home is where I live inside my white powder dreams. Right. Essentially saying like for him, home is high, like being high, being on drugs. Mm hmm. Home was once an empty vacuum that's filled now with my silent screams. It's like an existential place. It's an emotional place. And that really changes the idea then when you go back to verse one saying, a junkie walking to the twilight, I'm on my way home. I left three days ago. So is he just going to score, right? Right. And home is where the hatred is. Home is filled with pain. Is that less so about the other people around him, people judging him, not caring about him, like that interpersonal versus the actual personal, right. where it's just the self-hatred, the self-pain, like this place where he feels at home when he's on drugs, but home is where the needle marks. Ugh. Jeez. I tried to heal my broken heart, and it might not be such a bad idea if I never, if I never <laughs> went home again. So now it's that switch to it's it's probably not a bad idea if I never did drugs again, right? (laughs) And then he even says at the end, kick it, quit it, kick it, quit it, kick it, quit it, kick it, can't go home again, home again, home again, you know I can't go home again. So it goes from something that's seemingly about a broken domestic life 
to someone actively trying to break free from their drug addiction. I mean, the great thing about the song, like you said, is that there's duality to it, that it, it means two things instead of needing to mean one thing. Like the first verse is probably about his actual home and how he's disconnected from it. And that third verse is about this new home he has because he's been cast away from his old home because he doesn't feel connected to it anymore. Drugs are his home. And you watch him over or at least realize he needs to overcome drugs in that third verse. And that then is the gateway to him being able to go back to his home home, which is pretty incredible to do in such a short song. <laughs> like not that many lyrics. It covers a lot of ground. That's that's a Kanye move right there. Absolutely. Like this feels <laughs> very much like a song that or a song, like I guess a song that Kanye would have studied and just been right. like, all right, yeah, how did he make this work? I want to take this same kind of little twist and how can I apply that to my music, right? Again mm -hmm. and again and just find little ways that I can get people to think differently about a topic that I already introduced them to. Yeah, he was so inspired by the song, in fact, that he just straight up stole all of the music from the song <laughs> and made it all of the music you hear on My Way Home. <laughs> simple what a great producer <laughs> he really wants to lay it thick that guys i'm referencing this song <laughs> yeah, so that's uh that's i guess sample wise what you have to keep in mind when going into my way home and just the the role that it probably plays on this because kanye doesn't necessarily have a drug addiction on this album but celebrity definitely is this newfound thing that's starting to affect him and starting to change what home is for him right mm -hmm. as we were talking up front is home still chicago or is home now los angeles is home still like the kid that worked at the gap or is home now like the rockefeller like just had debut album go number two like is that home now mm-hmm Let's find out. Yeah. I'm on my way home. They say home is where the hate is. My dome is where fate is. I stroll with souls get lost like Vegas. Seen through the eyes of rebel glasses. Pray to God that my arms reach the masses. The young smoke grass in grassless jungles. Rubber band together in castless bundles. We wear struggling chains. Divided only hustle remains. Make a sense of it, we hustle for change. Revolution ain't a game, it's another name. But life fighting, someone to stay in their corner like Mike Tyson. Hypes fighting for hits to heighten their hell. Don't he know he could only get as high as he fell? Show money becomes bail. Relationships become jail. Children are unheld. I wish love was for sale. Behold the pale. Horse got me trapped like Arkell. I bail and it. Yeah, so Common kicks this off with a deep and provocative, yeah. <laughs> right away, I'm hooked. Uh, they say home is where the hate is, Ugh. which, you know, clear reference already to Gil Scott Heron. He's the one that was saying home is where the hate is. Yeah. Uh, my dome is where fate is, which, ooh getting spicy immediately yeah i mean i, I guess I, I i went down i was like oh how am i gonna explain this i guess it's kind of a straightforward 
lyric like my dome is where fit like i guess dome could either mean home but to me it means his head to where like uh, people might feel controlled by their home or feel they're like fixed to their home that they were born into but uh your dome that's where fate ha- like you can control your destiny and point yourself in the proper direction yeah there's that sense of agency there's that sense of i can I have a say in this. I have control over this in some in some form, whether I want to be positive or negative, whatever the situation like of the home life is or outside of me, like my dome is where fate ends up lying. Yeah. Um, And then we go from that kind of initial declaration into I stroll where souls get lost like Vegas, which it kind of gives this more of a observer role right like he's now walking through and looking at these people that are losing their souls in i'm guessing sin since vegas is like sin city Uh, right yeah i guess that's i was trying to think if there was like uh i don't remember what the slogan for vegas is but (laughs) i feel like it's pretty reflective of like what vegas is typically like like you get sucked into this world where like there's betting there's there like there's this promise that you can rise up of wherever you are and it's just not the case yeah that's kind of the tension right because a lot of people associate vegas with like indulgence like that Mm -hmm. sinful indulgence or even like uh, like sex money drugs violence that kind of thing but that promise of you can win a lot of money is one of the other things that draws people to the city and that kind of all comes back to hurt him say right you have people that are doing whatever they can do to afford like a fancy car yeah uh, but then you also have people that are just trying to do what they can do so they can like rise up and get out and then also people that are just like trapped and have lost themselves due to the system that's in place yeah and you can only assume that here common is walking around chicago like thinking these things because and he's reflecting on home in the moment so that's a natural way to think of it like they say where home is where hate is he's looking around at home my dome is where fate is so as he's looking around at the streets of chicago like he starts thinking and he's what he thinks about is like all these people who get lost here and it it signals like common somebody who's successful and, and made it in quotes as they say like he's probably thinking in that moment like I guess either he feels helpless because like there's nothing I can do about it or he's thinking like, what can I do to help fix this? Yeah. And he's looking at it through the eyes of rebel glasses, which we've gone down like different paths of this, Mm -hmm. like one just being like, huh, what a silly line Two being like, oh, there's a sunglasses company called rebels rebel glasses. Like he's saying like, uh, he's wearing these luxury glasses and that's what it is. Or does it matter if it's specific brand? It's just he has a different way of looking at things or Mm -hmm. because he's made it, he's a rebel and he's able to see the city differently than what he used to be or with a a different lens. Yeah, he's given us some some, uh, Yeezus vibes there. Rebel glasses. (laughs) Right? Does he have black leather pants on? Does he have his by any means on? <laughs> I think he might. Uh, so pray to God that my arms reach the masses. So that's 
that's nice in the sense that like he's seeing everything that's going on and then he's just like yeah i hope that my arms reach the masses like i hope i can do something i hope my music reaches people inspires people that's something that kanye had kind of been getting at as well yeah um, probably what a lot of the album is about because we see that journey of the college dropout but now that kanye like actually is a like a huge star <laughs> and the college dropout did well and like gold digger went to number one like he's he's finally in the state where he he can reach a lot of people yep i mean that's what we see in touch the sky right like kanye has ascended on that song and he brings in lupe fiasco mm-hmm. and this is lupe's big debut placements and a mainstream record it's his like, national mm-hmm. uh, reveal i guess you could say and he's another young mc from chicago so here you have common kind of in that same idea like pray to god that my arms reach the masses like i'm trying to help people i'm trying to reach people i'm trying to inspire other lupes other kanye's yeah hmm. uh the young smoke grass and grassless jungles that He's seeing some drug use. Mm. <laughs> a little uh, grass is okay, though. <laughs> yeah, it's different today than it was in, like, the 90s and 2000s. <laughs> um, but grassless jungles, they often talk about, like, the city as the concrete jungle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where that's coming from. And then rubber band together in cashless bundles. Ooh. Uh, so typically from what i've seen in movies and tv shows just movies uh, documentaries like nothing you've never been there no i've not seen uh a bundle of cash unfortunately (laughs) i don't think i have either yeah as a writer i have not seen a bundle of cash in my lifetime uh but you see that people like roll the cash and then just get it together with a rubber band right and that's typically how money is moved either like stacked in a suitcase or just like wrapped in a rubber band. So he's saying that they're rubber banded together in the way that cash usually is, except they're all cashless. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a group of people rubber banded together by their circumstances, which is not having money, poverty, right? Great image, sad image, but sad image, image, but great. Yeah. Uh, We wear struggling chains divided only hustle remains yeah i i imagine that struggle and change just reflects like being a prisoner like in a in a prison cell or like just just chained to something but just the imagery itself kind of just recalls being stuck somewhere like not knowing how to like be free of your situation and divided only hustle remains like you can feel like your only choice like the only path you have at this point to find any semblance of success or find a way out of your your predicament is hustling and i mean hustle can be great because in kanye's case where (laughs) you're making five beats a day for three summers or it could be it could take you down this darker dangerous path like he's already talked about smoking and cash bundles like you you could see it being like well sometimes you have to hustle in like a, a negative way like you have to hustle you have to commit crimes, like anything you could do to get out of your situation, basically. Yeah. And the chains really recalls as well the the dichotomy between like slaves and free people. 
mm-hmm. and the division that's there, right? And that's what I think about when he's saying divided only hustle remains. I think I used to think about that in terms of like, well, he just said everybody's like rubber banded together. So what's he mean by divided only hustle remains? Is he saying like when you're divided from the group, you have hustle or what it is, like what is that? But I think I'm thinking about it now that like the people themselves are divided from the rest of society. And because they're not included, they have to hustle as you're saying. Right. So like that division, isn't it about like an individual being divided, but like black people or people in the inner city of Chicago feeling divided from the rest of the city, the rest of the state, the rest of the country and how that repeats in communities around the country. Yeah, totally. You know, if you Google struggle chains, just for the record, all you get are a bunch of articles about like, oh, Applebee's, is it doing well? (laughs) They just tell you about all the struggling that chain restaurants are doing. (sighs) Google, you can be so helpful and so not. Yeah. I remember an article that was like millennials are like killing like businesses and it's like millennials aren't eating at like shitty chain restaurants yeah. yeah fuck chilies and applebee's and chi Chi's and tgi fridays and god what else we got red robin uh we got a red lobster well red lobster's a good one though yeah i kind of like red robin too but special shout out to uh <laughs> rockney's in ohio for being shitty <laughs> i, don't think I mean i love them for one, being but... shitty i want to make that clear <laughs> yeah, the shittiest good place, right, is Steak and Shake, right? Uh, the shittiest good place or the best shittiest place? Shitty place. <laughs> Let's go with the best shitty place. Um, I am a fan of Steak and Shake, but that could be because I went there often as a child and it contributed greatly to my to how much weight it I gained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yes, weight so. I slowly accrued over the course of 18 years. <laughs> it was so good though <laughs> oh yeah what 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 kind of milkshake would you get uh usually a side by side and like something like vanilla and peanut butter just like chocolate and like mint like something where you shouldn't i guess chocolate yeah it's like a, a normal uh that's not that weird yeah i don't know why i was thinking it was weird but peanut butter and strawberry thinking, that'd be weird Oh, I used to get peanut butter and strawberry gelato from Whole Foods when I first moved to Austin. Maybe it's and it not was weird. such a it was such a good combination. And then they're just like, nobody gets gelato from here and close it down. Uh, <laughs> I guess if I think about it, I like putting strawberry jam on my peanut butter jelly. So I don't know why that wouldn't be good. <laughs> strawberry jam on your peanut butter jelly. Yeah. On my peanut butter jelly, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> it's, so does that mean you have peanut butter, jelly and jam? Well, when I say I put strawberry jam on the peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly refers to the sandwich. If uh, Do I really have to sit here and say I put peanut butter jelly on my peanut butter that's on bread? No, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I'm way too literal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Struggle with uh, Yeah, divided only hustle. <laughs> One of the most serious lines of the yeah. song, we just segue into jokes sorry everyone uh making sense of it we hustle for change so you have sense as in like pennies nickels and dimes and they're just making sense out of what they can and they're hustling for that change 
just like the amount of money they're not even able to hustle for like bills right mm-hmm. they're just hustling for like the monetary scraps but then it also goes into making sense of it like logic clarity of it we hustle for change we're trying to change the system that we're in because we understand it so mm-hmm. right there you get that dichotomy really revealed in that single line which such a great line yeah again more heard him say vibes like the divided only hustle remains like as you as you said divided in sense like you're other you are outside the system and you realize that like hustling is your only option but comments twisting it and saying like well we make sense of that so we hustle for change like if you're gonna force me to hustle like some people maybe don't go down the best path but Common's going to hustle for something greater. Like he's going to put his time and energy and and spend everything he has doing this. Mm-hmm. Do it, Common. I guess <laughs> I I'm like 15 you. years telling him, <laughs> like too late <laughs> telling him that. He did it. He really, I mean, you just look at him. He's done it. He's made some headway. I remember he walked down the hall at South by Southwest and like mm. I passed him. And did, and did you just, pass out? Yeah, I was just like, he's as striking in person as he is in photographs. <laughs> I'm convinced that I, I wouldn't be able to walk past Common. Like, I would, I'd make it just beside him or just in front of him and then, like, keel over. Like, he would take, he would take any energy I had. <laughs> That's just how it be. <laughs> and I'm not calling him some sort of vampire or anything. Like, I'm not saying that's how he never seems to age i'm just saying that he has a special power that i've that i don't believe i've ever encountered before i will say jared leto's a vampire well everyone knows that <laughs> common this is just common jared the leto still out. vampire kanye uh, i mean guy's still making music just as good as he ever did vampire <laughs> <laughs> hey if someone wants to investigate it I'm all ears. <laughs> You're going to be deluged with emails about Kanye vampire theories. <laughs> I've been saying this for 10 years, bro. <laughs> Travis at watching the throne.com. <laughs> oh God, please don't. Uh, okay. So revolution ain't a game. It's another name for life fighting. So like revolution is not just this fun thing that you do or something that you do because you're bored or looking for entertainment. It's something that you're fighting for your life. Yeah. And uh, that also recalls on that same pieces of a man album, Gil Scott Heron has the revolution will not be televised, which is just a whole poem about, or the kind of poem Gil Scott Heron's spoken words, song poem that he has. That's just all about revolution and what revolution will be like in the seriousness of revolution and how it won't be televised because of how serious it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that. And then someone to stay in the corner like Mike Tyson, which uh, <laughs> I like the duality of this because it's either saying you need someone in your corner the way Mike Tyson has had these like amazing trainers and amazing people in his corner that's allowed him to end up being Mike Tyson, the greatest fighter to ever live or Muhammad Ali is, but Mike Tyson was like up there. Um, Mm -hmm. Or you need someone to stay in your corner like Mike Tyson. You want to have Mike Tyson in your corner backing you up when you go to fight 
for your life or for revolution because you're gonna you're gonna make some progress so chris if you had the choice would you rather be you're young you're heading into the boxing world and you have mike tyson's trainers on your side and they're going to train you it's gonna be a lot of work a lot of days you're gonna make a lot of sacrifices but in the end you're gonna become one of the best boxers ever or would you rather just sit back and let your friend mike tyson beat up anybody who gets in your way Ooh, uh the former okay at this point in my life i would choose the latter but okay. if we're talking like you know i could be 19 again and like i have this choice of like which path to go down maybe the mike and tyson at the, one at, at the end I, I forgot to include this at the end of your long journey you battle mike tyson for the championship and he beats the ever-living shit out of you. Oh, well, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> but you already chose the former, so if that's really what you want. I guess so. I'm, You know, it has happened in the past while I played Mike Tyson's Super Punch-Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, by the way, would always, no matter what age or stage of my life, pick the latter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good to know. That's good <laughs> I'll become know. a good writer. Like, the, the fighting thing, someone else can do that. You'll you'll turn Mike Tyson's battles into legend with your quill. There you go. There it is. Uh, hypes fighting for hits to heighten they hell. I guess this is getting into more of the language of the Gil Scott Heron song, right? Yeah, more so, right? Because hypes ends up being a slang term, right? A term for addicts. So you have mm-hmm. addicts that are fighting for drug hits which just increase the amount of hell that they feel um, that they think is like heavenly. Right. But right. because it's addiction, because it's drugs, they're only increasing the hell that they feel. So heightened they hell is like a nice play because you're getting high, but you're only descending further. But that does call back to home is where the hate is. Yeah. And I, and I think comments specifically recalling that, I mean, him and Connie were making, be together and like common was in on the song and new Connie was sampling home is where the hatred is. Like, I feel like he's purposely trying to offset that. And, and he's looking around at these people, these hypes fight, hype fighting for hits, you know, while common's out trying to change the world and like trying to push people in a better direction. He looks around and sees this happening. So like, that's the fight he's undertaking. That's cool. Yeah. And you also have the connection to the music industry, right? Like, hits is a drug term like take a hit of this but hits also relates to the music industry and you want to hit single you want to hit album so you have these people that are fighting for their music hits and it's just going to heighten the hell because even though they're going to get more famous they're going to get more money they're also getting caught up in a system that can be very predatory and can be very exploitive in terms of just taking advantage of you as an artist, but also people starting to take advantage of you as someone with money. Yeah. Which is like the entirety of Kanye's discography after this. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Don't he know he could only get as high as he fell? This line always... Mm. (laughs) Throws Chris's brain for a loop. Yeah, it like splits my brain into quarters and then I slowly have to <laughs> like yeah. stitch them back together. I, 
I, I guess to me, like just coming off that line and he's looking at these people who, who feel the need to get high to escape. Um, like, don't he know we can only get as high as he fell? Like these people who have fallen so hard and so far because of the system they grew up in and like the place they're in, like getting high is going to get you anywhere past that. Like it's just this temporary feeling you have that you think is making you feel good, but really you're just stuck exactly where you, you were before. Yeah, like you're just getting back to like ground zero, right? Right. Or like getting back to sea level, but that's because- <laughs> Or maybe you're in the basement. Shout out Casey Pluto and his forthcoming album from the basement. Hey, you you got me. You knew what I was doing. <laughs> uh, it can also refer to this idea, which I don't know how much buy into it or not, but it was something that we tossed around that if you are taking this from the artist level, the same way that we looked at duality of the last line, it could be something that artists can only get as high as they fell in terms of what they've experienced in their lives is what fuels how high they can actually climb because it gives them what they can actually speak on, mm -hmm. right? So the bad shit that you go through is what allows you to like make art that reaches people or make a hit that reaches somebody. Oof. So unless you've gone through this hell, you're not going to get the high that you're looking for. Um, which kind of gets a little bit of that, like everything I'm not, maybe everything I am. Damn, that's a deep ass reading right there. Right. I like it. Common passed on this. I made it into a jam. <laughs> are you are you saying common passed on you? Were you trying to get on a common album? <laughs> no, just uh, you know, you can't refer to everything I am and not think about the, of course, common passed on this beat. Especially like in the wake of yeah, what Kanye said at the start of late registration and like shit like this. Well, it sounds um, like Common passed on a lot of beats. Yeah, Common's just like Kanye, you're whack. <laughs> I wouldn't take it too personally. <laughs> um, show money becomes bail, relationships become jail, and this is another reason why you can read that line not just about. Uh, people that are doing drugs when he says show money becomes bail like the money that you're getting from the shows that you're doing or the performances that you're at it becomes bail and relationships become jail so you as a celebrity end up caught like either fucking around and also having these relationships that take advantage of you yeah uh children are unheld that's sad man yeah that's uh and it all seems to be the fallout from like, I mean, again, th this whole song is common looking around at the world, looking around at Chicago and seeing how things are. But like slowly it really it descends into like some pretty dour stuff. Like you go from like these guys who need to get high to get by, show money becomes jail, relationships become jail, children are in hell. Like it, it kind of, it starts to really build and... I can only imagine where the song would have gone if we heard more of it, <laughs> but for it to end here and like in this really broken spot, I mean, I feel like that's telling because comic can or common <laughs> Kanye can cut off the song wherever he wants. He's putting it on the album. Like it's, it's his, it's, uh, it's interesting to cut it off there. Like what would be the reason for that? Yeah. Right. Cause it gets 
to the place that he wants it to go get to. Yeah, which I, is kind of uh, apocalyptic. It, <laughs> yeah, apocalyptic and like trapped and yeah, apocalyptic. Though I agree. I don't. I don't know why I agree with that, but something screams apocalypse to me. <laughs> you have this great line of like summing that all up. I wish love was for sale. Like, if only you could buy love. If only yeah. you could easily get it. But it's something that you can't just buy, and it's something that depends on, like much like a a tree or a flower, like proper conditions and circumstances in which to flourish and to be healthy and empowering and he's really painted a picture of a world in which love is needed but love is seemingly like not possible or like very rare um which is one of the reasons why he's wishing (laughs) that he could get a hold of it but we followed that up with behold the pale horse as kind of this like last image of this flow. Like, man, I wish love was for sale and it's not. So behold the pale horse, which uh, pale horse revelation six. Mm-hmm. Here we go. We're back. Jesus we're back to the Bible. Again. Yeah. <laughs> did you miss? Did you miss going back to? I thought I would, but no. Bible resources. Yeah. What was the one that you were using again? I use Bible study tools. It's It, it, it takes more of a beginner's approach to the Bible that really helps me out. <laughs> and I have a Bible gateway. Right. You're more of the experienced Bible reader. so. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, all the time in my Jewish Sunday school, <laughs> we, we were going through the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's strange for... Yeah, okay. I my favorite moment from the Jesus is King season is when we first like got started and I was just like, "Oh, the Bible literally begins with like and God created earth." Yeah, if you thought listener, if you thought you didn't know a lot about the Bible, just compare yourself to that. Yeah, I had no idea. Also, now I am an expert, but Revelation s- six eight uh so six is the seals and it essentially goes through a revelation if you don't know is like this apocalyptic vision of the future and what will happen like what hasn't happened yet so much of the bible is looking at what had happened and is more historical in what it's talking about but this is now looking ahead and they talk about how there's this lamb that opens the first of the seven seals and you get these four living creatures that come out and one's on a white horse, one's on a red horse, the other's on a black horse, and then the fourth is on a pale horse, which I don't know how that differs that much from the white horse, but (laughs) it does. It's like a ghostly horse. I guess so, right? More ethereal. So when the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, come. I looked and there before me was a pale horse. Uh, Its rider was named Death and Hades was following close behind him. And I think in other versions of the Bible, it's not just like before me was a pale horse. It's Mm -hmm. literally behold the pale horse. Um, and on this pale horse is death. So these are the four horsemen of the apocalypse and they go about the world wreaking this havoc. 
that eventually God shows up on his own horse and with a big like fiery sword and like saves the world. But you have this initial apocalyptic vision, which is something that's uh, common brings into the song at this yeah. point. Maybe brings to the song. It could be something else. Yeah. So there's also a book which, uh, you know, shout out to Cakeonopoly <laughs> on Genius <laughs> because this song came out in 2005 and it was just three years ago in 2017, like 12 years later that Cakeonopoly goes, Behold the Pale Horse is re- referring to the actual book by William Cooper behold a pale horse in which he gives information on secret societies and government deception. The book has him trapped. It's the only explanation that makes sense. Uh, it should be noted. This was the book pimp C recommended his listeners on living this life. And we kind of read that and we're like, mm. yeah, but you look and the book came out in 1991 and it is still currently right now. <laughs> Ranked number 1,509 on all books sold on Amazon. Like, my bad. novel, my novel's ranked number 4 million. <laughs> <laughs> and this is ranked number 1,509, to put that into perspective. It's number one in ancient and controversial knowledge, number one in UFOs, and number two in radical political thoughts. And just out of curiosity, where's the Jesus book? The Yeezus book currently is at, uh, yeah, that's more relevant than my novel. The Yeezus <laughs> book is currently ranked number 805,914. Uh, oh, I think you're going to say 805. No, nah, it's been as high as like 50,000 though. Oh, wow. I know, which is insane. Um, but so this book... Behold a Pale Horse, Bill Cooper's a former United States Naval Intelligence Briefing Team member and reveals information that remains hidden from the public eye. This information has been kept in top secret government files since the 1940s. His audiences hear the truth unfold as he writes about the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the war on drugs, the secret government, and UFOs. Bill is a lucid, <laughs> rational, and powerful speaker <laughs> who you always have to say those things. Uh, whose intent is to inform and to empower his audience. Standing room only is normal. Uh, in 1988, Bill decided to talk due to events then taking place worldwide, events that he had seen plans for back in the early 1970s. Bill correctly predicted the lowering of the Iron Curtain, the fall of the Berlin Wall, and the invasion of Panama. So you can tell that there's definitely going to be people that are just like latching onto this. And I'm sure that there's already somebody listening. That's just like skirt, <laughs> like turn them off <laughs> go buy this book. Uh, but it also, I think in some ways recalls again, I'm just going to repeat this over and over heard him say, and Kanye had a few times on that song talked about, like, I know that the government administer AIDS. I know that the government's like, doing this, this, and this other thing, that there's a system in place to keep black people down. Mm -hmm. And that it's part of what the government's aiming to do. They don't tell you that, but it's part of what's being done. So the fact that Common would be referencing a book about like government conspiracy theories after talking about like the failures of society and the system that people are stuck in 
that causes them to be divided and cashless and smoking grass. This reference to a book about government conspiracies feels very fitting. Yeah, because even if you don't believe in the actual conspiracies, like it's hard to argue there isn't some sort of conspiracy, you know, in quotes, to like keep the black community down, to like put them in their place, to not allow them to rise out of where they've been stuck largely. And I, I feel like that's really the attitude comments getting at. Like, maybe these conspiracies don't exist. Maybe they sound ridiculous. But you look around and like, what else are people supposed to believe? Like, nobody's helping them. And Kanye, or I keep switching up their names, Common is someone in his position. I guess Kanye, too, you know, thinking about how he's putting together this album. Like, what do you do? You just feel trapped like Arkel. Yeah. <laughs> which uh at that point r kelly had been releasing his trapped in the closets love it uh it started coming out in 2005 oh yeah i so remember i do i remember being in high school because like remix to ignition had been such like a huge deal when i was a sophomore right mm -hmm. it just in art class we could have the radio on and the song we play like every day and i remember this girl uh <laughs> all right let's let's get to this is letter your name start with a b a c a d it started with a l leanne i think leanne liana L L lauren lauren <laughs> was it lauren <laughs> it was lauren uh, uh leanne something or she used to give me a ride to school every day which was really nice to her but every time like Remix to Ignition came on. She would just like throw the biggest like everybody sings. Like, she loved the song, <laughs> um, and I remember th having such like positive associations with R. Kelly yeah. because of that. Yeah, and, and then, then R. Like, Kelly. Yeah. yeah, then you find out more, and you're just like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> but I remember when Trapped in the Closet came out. I was just like, this guy's doing what? Like this is the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Like the first like seven minute movie. I mean, but, it's not any dumber than a soap opera. Like, it's just uh, ridiculous fun. Yeah, and it really is an opera. Like, yeah. 33 chapters. It's crazy. Love it. I like that there's a DVD, and yeah. it's it's branded as the big package. Yeah. <laughs> Even after R. Kelly got into all that shit, he didn't lean away from... Uh, sexually abusing even people reading the dvd cover <laughs> god such an asshole <laughs> so got me trapped like arkel i bail and it's which uh interesting i bail you know you just like i'm bailing from the situation like i'm getting out of here um but we just had like show money becomes bail i wonder if there's any kind of like connection between that idea yeah. of like his show money has become bail to get out of like feeling trapped yeah yeah that's interesting it definitely uh, could be but it again really interesting place to to leave the song because like maybe you'd get more insight into what he means but like all you're left with is i bailed like i don't know i i almost don't even know how to take that line I think the thing that's kind of jumping out to me about it, and maybe it's like getting too far ahead, but we still know that the end of the album, right? Not not the bonus tracks, forget the fucking bonus tracks, but <laughs> the end of the album is is gone. 
And on that song, Kanye starts to speculate about he himself bailing on everyone and mm-hmm. leaving it all behind so that you have like common kind of foreshadowing that in right. this mentor role, like in this like post drive slow kind of giving advice role. It seems almost like this uh, mid album hint at things to come. Yeah. And I really think that's what this is. It's funny. I've never thought of the song like that. Um, but I know last time we did, we paired the song with crack music uh, on the episode, probably just because my home is so short and we probably only talked about it for like 15 minutes <laughs> compared to now when we've t- been talking for an hour. But I, but I think it really is kind of attached to crack music in that way and uh, to the rest of the album, but specifically crack music because Kanye's get, about to get into what the music means to people, especially his people and like what, how music can affect the world. It's such an interesting end to that idea that we have common here, like looking around at the world and like wondering what he can do in his position. It's, I don't know. It's such a, it's, it's a, it's strange to try to attach too much meaning to it because the song was taken off B, but I got to think that uh, if anything, while, Kanye was making B and and working with Common on the album. He was being really influenced by Common and everything Common was exploring on the album and how how much it was hitting Kanye, like this this wizened figure looking at the world, seeing how things are, to see it through that lens and then to bring it to late registration. It's I don't know. There's so much there to unpack. Yeah, the thing that we probably should have looked up or tried to find is if this was where Common had ended the verse, like. Yeah. in the original song right or if it's something where kanye himself like this did go on and he mm-hmm. cut it off right yeah that could be true one day <laughs> when we go through the album a third time yeah yeah or if common ever comes on the show we've been contacting him common <laughs> did I, I have a common you? question for you <laughs> you know what i don't know how i didn't say this i've actually seen common in chicago before what? um he was uh, only like a couple blocks away from my place. There was, I don't remember what kind of store it was. It was just like a, a store that had a bunch of different shit in it. I don't know what it was, but Common came there because he had just written a book and he was speaking about his book. And I looked through the glass and I was like, man, there are a lot of people in there. And then I real like all of a sudden I see Common. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and the the guy like guarding the door is like did you want to go in like tell me like i can totally go in if i want and i would have done it but a you know you already know about my fear that if i get too close to come <laughs> i'll pass out and b it looked like he was already talking i didn't want to like have that thing happen where you like you open a door and he looks at you then everybody in the room looks at you <laughs> and then he's like hey aren't you the guy that was watching the throne get the fuck out of here like i didn't want that to happen so i, di- I didn't go in What's funny is that my dream situation is I open a door and walk into a room and everybody turns and looks at me. <laughs> and then you declare that you're the host of watching the throne. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like an immediate applause and people start crying and they're like, thank you. Common hands me the mic and is like, will you please say a few words? <laughs> your, your original analysis of my home was incredible. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't have anything prepared, but I would like to take this time to talk about. (laughs) And then like cartoon style, you whip out like a 40 page document that's 
your speech typed out yeah yeah i'm i'm always reminded i'm always reminded of uh i think it was season one of it's always sunny in philadelphia i had never seen this bit before but dennis is trying to somebody dies in the bar like just some old Mm guy and his daughter shows up and her granddaughter shows up and she's just like yeah nobody really knew him but i i want to have a funeral for him so dennis and mac both pretend like they were good friends with this guy mm-hmm. to try to get close to the girl uh the girl and dennis is giving like the eulogy at the funeral and he pulls out like his cards that he has a speech on and he like taps him on the thing and he gets ready to read and then he kind of looks at him and shakes his head and tears him up or just like puts him <laughs> back in the pocket like oh, i gotta do this from the heart off the cuff and it's just such like a manipulative yeah. Dennis move. I'm like, yeah. I need to do that at some point. <laughs> just like pull out the pull out the pre prepared notes and then be like, no, no, never mind. <laughs> that you know, in this dream situation of common, like you could do that. Yeah, maybe aspiring to be like Dennis Reynolds isn't what I should be doing with my life. Or you should lean into it. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, do go on <laughs> do go on should Washington throne be about me <laughs> <What>? <laughs> don't know <laughs> I'm just imagining me pitching that to you Travis hear me out <laughs> okay I know we're supposed to cover my way home today but what if we just start talking about my home <laughs> canal fulton ohio uh i I guess we could sure Uh, that's very accommodating of you uh boring podcast ever based on the way you've talked about that town yeah (laughs) we could actually go through and interview all five thousand residents So at this point, Gil Scott Heron finally comes into the song uh, saying might not be such a bad idea if I never, never went home again. And you completely lose any of the I'm a junkie, I'm on drugs. Right. None of that gets brought into the picture, even though Common has kind of positioned that as part of society. But because it's removed from Gil Scott Heron's section, it becomes much more about that first interpretation of home right right which in this situation common is kind of talking about uh the community in general or what he's seeing in chicago etc etc or what he's seeing in fame as the end of the verse kind of starts to get more into like fame in the music industry so it's just kind of becomes much more cautionary about 
maybe it's not a good idea if I go back to a place that is designed to wreck and ruin me. Yeah. Yeah, it really gets at the complexity and the just the tension of the album. Because even though Ghost, like Kanye doesn't include the junkie part and you don't get that context, it it doesn't remove that element from the song Kanye sampling. Like it's there in the the whole metaphor of that, or not even metaphor, just like what that original song is exploring, how this guy has like two different homes and he's and he needs to learn how to like remove himself from this fake home he's he's latched onto to like help him get a good feeling and rise out of a situation to like getting back to like his roots and like his home home. And like, that's all there with what Kanye's pulling from the song and what common was exploring on my way home and like where the album goes. It, it, I mean, you know, it's there because of the future graduation and like where Kanye goes with his celebrity, but it's uh, I don't know. You really get that feeling here at the end that, you, you just feel a little a little lost like even though common is there to like be a wise figure and maybe provide a little guidance like the end of his verse he's just looking around at how broken everything is and and i think that that energy is really captured on crack music which is like you know it's high energy it's kind of angry he, he he's so frustrated by everything yeah the the transition into crack music is really fascinating giving like everything that we've talked about already because crack music isn't something where Kanye and other musicians are essentially necessarily being exploited right in my mm -hmm. way home you really get that sense that people are losing and on crack music it's like well no we're making this crack music now and we're winning because of it we're not being taken down by drugs we're benefiting off of this drug that we're creating. Right. Um, and that inversion of the power dynamic from being a user to being a creator or a pusher in that way mm -hmm. is, I use the word interesting all the time, but it's an interesting <laughs> inversion of just like the power dynamic that we just got on my way home. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Man, I'm excited mm. to talk about crack music. Yeah, and I just want to point out, it's still getting a little bit ahead, but you look at the fifth verse of Gone, <laughs> and it starts with, I'm ahead of my time, sometimes years out, so the powers that be won't let me get my ideas out, and that makes me want to get my advance out and move to Oklahoma and just live at my aunt's house. Yeah, I romance the thought of leaving it all behind. Kanye step away from the lime light like when I was on the grind in the 1999 like so he's already here at the end of the album envisioning like stepping away from the limelight and going back to 1999 mm -hmm. before the model chicks or the dealers asking Benzerova uh if man if I could just get one beat on Hova like he starts speculating about that and even going back to like his aunt's house in Oklahoma and just uh, the world famous Tony Williams mom's place. Yeah. But there's a lot of this energy that we're talking about on my way home that then reappears at the very end of the album in the final verse. Hmm. It's almost like Kanye planned it out. No, Kanye. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I don't think so. <sighs> Shocking. <laughs> Reach. <laughs> well, so that's our episode on my way home. 
better than last time, I would say. I would say so. Though some would be like... <laughs> Does longer mean better? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not gonna... Okay. Um, <laughs> I think in this case, yes. Yeah, no, but it is better. For sure. It is. It I is. Think. And we hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that you enjoyed it. I, if you made I it this far. I think people did. Hmm. Hopefully. But if you're enjoying this and uh, you're listening to it on the public feed, you should go check out our Patreon. And if you're listening to it on the Patreon, thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's it. We'll be doing whatchamacallit next. Yeah. Crack music, bro. That's it. That's it. Uh, until then, you know, stay wavy. And for the love of God, keep it loopy. Yeah. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol for the. So get your ass up off the wall. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.